Um, some of you came this morning expecting to see my beautiful bride speaking this morning. Yesterday, she got the stomach bug, and uh, she was miserable, to say it best. It was a rough night last night, and so I realized last night at about 11.30 p.m. that, tag, <laughs> you're it. <laughs> so it's like, well, I guess I need to work on a message then. So, um, yeah, good. <laughs> hope this goes well. I... Um, I will try to keep it short. This isn't going to be uh, a longer message than, than normal, but it will be, uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it, at least some will. What I realize is that Mother's Day is a, is a difficult day for some, um, for multiple reasons. Mother's Day is a difficult reason uh, for, for some that um, may not have grown up having a great mother in the household, or at least one that had expectations that didn't get met. Some, it's, uh, this may be the first year or multiple years of the loss of your mother. Um, and in our church, especially, it can be a hard year, a hard holiday for those that um, are in wanting. And um, when you have a church that has as many pregnant women as we often have, um, this is a down year for us, and currently we have five pregnant moms in this church. We, uh, the joke running here has been that we're going to grow this church one way or another, you know? <laughs> so you stand over at the water cooler long enough, something's going to happen, but um, it's, been, it's been a hard thing for a lot of moms. I remember, uh, you know, uh, Rachel, year after year after year, um, she had to lead worship on this day, and it was absolutely brutal. Wasn't this one of the le- your least favorite days of the year? And, um, and, and God dealt with her, man. He gave her two. And so I'll shut you up. <laughs> Talk to me like that, you know, anyways, she ain't, now she's complaining the other way around, you know, Lord, take them back, you know, the midnight hour. It's hard, man. Anyways. Um, so, uh, you know, I think about my mom and, and some of the things that, that had happened when I was a kid. I, I had, I have a special mom. I'm, I'm from Pennsylvania. And that's where my mom's at, and, and she always, she, she listens to the podcast, so mom, I want to say hi to you, give you a little shout out today. And, uh, but I remember how hard my mom, oh yeah, I've got a text in. Hey, can everyone get out their cell phone? If you've never been here before, this is how we do attendance. If you don't want us to know that you're here, you don't have to do anything at this point, but we'd like to know that you're here. And so if you would, text the number 777-3520, 777-3520, and, uh, and just the keyword today, just text mom. And if you've never texted before, then someone will reply to you and say, hey, and um, you can, uh, and they're going to ask you a few questions. We need you to answer those questions. And, um, and if you answer them, we have multiple gifts for you at the back of the church in that little corner right there. Uh, there are some little snazzy little gifts that we have for you after service. 777-3520, mom. My mom is one of the hardest workers that I know, truly. Uh, I think I learned... Most of my work ethic from my mom, my mom um, was married multiple times, and as most of my childhood, I probably, we were without a man in the house. And so I, can, I can't recall many seasons where my mom didn't have at least two jobs. Um, in fact, a lot of times, I remember my mom would be getting home for work at about 7 o'clock in the morning, just in time to make us breakfast and send us off to school, um, so then she can go to sleep and uh, wake up make dinner for us, 
and go to work. Um, and uh, I, the work ethic that she had, I remember uh, being a teenager, these are some of the weird things, but I remember my mom would send me to the store with a jar full of change and tell me to go buy all these shopping lists, like toilet paper and stuff, and I'd get to the counter mortified, you know, like this is terrible. But I didn't understand the value of that money that she worked so hard to get. And I get it now, and I think that's one of the reasons why I've, God has instilled in me uh, work ethic is because of my mom. She, it, it wasn't a question. It wasn't something that she, she knew that she would do whatever it takes for her babies. And so um, there's something about the fight in a woman that I'm realizing today that I wasn't aware of years ago. And I'm going to remind you guys today about the fight of a mom. If you would, turn in your Bibles to uh, Ephesians, or, yeah, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Yeah, there you go. Chapter, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. And I'm just going to read you three uh, quick verses. And it's the only thing I'm going to read today in Scripture. Um, the verse says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. I think that's important that we stop there for a second. This is the right thing that you do. Um, anyone that lives out of the culture of honor doesn't understand the Lord. Like if always in your life, even if you have a broken relationship with your family or things are not what you want, honor, 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 honor. I'm, I, I can't stress it enough. Please understand that we live in a generation, and one of the problems in our society in America is that we have open rebellion, that we rebel against authority, and we rebel against anyone that doesn't do things the way that we want them done. And, and I, I promise, that will come back to haunt you. It will hurt you later in life. Ask anyone that's 20 years older than you. Honor is massively important that you understand this. And so, um, for it's the right thing to do. Number two, uh, I, love, I love point number one, that it's the right thing to do because there's a lot of things that that person has going on that you're not aware of. And you just won't know for years and years and years to come. Like, I didn't understand that my mom had worked an eight-hour shift until seven o'clock in the morning and was tired when she got home. When I was a kid, I just, I just wanted French toast and, and sausage, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't register, um, but it will later. Honor. Now, point number two, honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. <laughs> I love it. It's the first commandment with a promise. It's the first commandment with a promise. The promise is, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you'll have a long life on earth. This only makes me laugh. I don't know what you think of when you hear this verse, but I hear the voice of my mom saying, I brought you into this world, and I can... Oh, man, that was my mama Dukes, man. She, she, she got her hand ready. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. And, and it was, I think, like, this is, like, it'll sit well with you. If you don't honor, you will not live. You know what I mean? And so that, that was your option in my house, you know? And so uh, there wasn't... But it makes sense, and I, I think it's funny, but... I do think that there is something right about knowing how to give honor and how to love and, and how to recognize the sacrifice that other people have made for you. For you. Hmm. I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to jump into what we're considering uh, today's message. 
There's something to be said about the fight in a woman. Now, I want to start off by saying it's, it's, I think it's funny, the cultural thing that's happening in the USA where women are fighting to have equal rights with man. I'm going to leave the political thing to the side. I, 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 sometimes I think that it's, it's not fair that a woman wants to be the same as a man because there are so many things that a woman is going to look back at later in life and wish that she didn't have. Like that she had time to be at home with her babies and didn't have to work like a man. But I, I, before I, I even, I, I want to make sure you understand that I recognize that women are the stronger species. Every time I do counseling with anyone, uh, any couple, most of what's wrong is the guy got his feelings hurt. I'm telling you what, man, there are some insecurities that happen in men. Deep, deep, deep insecure. She didn't respect me. And she said some things, that, and I, I, it's one of my biggest problems with my wife, man. Like, if she hurts my feelings, I don't want to talk to her. You know what I mean? And there is something to be said about the fact that women are tough. Like, they're tough. I didn't know this until I started counseling with couples. And I realized that there is a fight in a woman, that there is a fight in a woman, that there is a fight in a woman that is actually recognized amongst all of God's creation. For example... I love to watch, I'm, I'm not much of an outdoorsman. I like to believe that I am. I'm the only person in all of my family tree that somehow missed being an outdoorsman, but I, I want to be. And so I, w- my version of being an outdoorsman is I watch like Bear Grylls on TV, you know? And, uh, and my kids will tell you, if it's on, I'm going to watch it. I love it. I think in my head, I know how to start a fire from, with sticks. But I also know, having seen multiple of these shows, that I don't have a clue how to do this because none of them ever do it right. And so, uh, but I, 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 I love watching outdoor shows. What I love is that um, a lot of these outdoor shows, you would think that, the, that when they see an animal that is stronger than man, one of the most terrifying things is like, like uh, I, I watched an episode where they saw the king of the jungle, like this lion with a mane, right? And like, you would think that that would be like, the most scariest thing in the core when you're out in the wild with no weapon and there is a lion between, like nothing between the two of you and he sees you and you see him. But actually most of these shows would say that the scary part is not when you see the male and it's not even when you see the female. It's when you see the babies. If you see a baby bear, it's terrifying because that person knows Oh no, I don't know where mama is, but if mama finds me, she not, might not eat me. She's probably going to destroy me just to protect her babies. There is a fight in female species that we don't understand. Like, uh, the reality of birth is un. Like, I, I can't rap. I've watched three of them and almost passed out every time. And I was just standing next to the doctor. You know what I'm talking about? It's, um, it's, and I'm not lying when I say I almost passed out. Tracy, you was there. <laughs> How many times? Tears, snot running. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, this is crazy. I'm scared right now. And um, there is a fight in women that, that, is, that is unbelievable. Um, I want to talk about some things today as I honor women. And we'll come back to bringing this to uh, uh, an end. One of the women in Scripture that I think is uh, awesome that did great things. Oftentimes we talk about the Apostle Paul and, and John the Baptist. And we talk about 
um, Jesus. He was up there, right? And uh, we, we talk about uh, David and Samson, and we don't hear a lot about women. So I'm going to just spend a day here and throw out a, a whole bunch of them that did a lot of crazy stuff. One, Deborah, she was a prophet who rallied uh, an, an outnumbered army to overcome a superior army in the, Can- in the Canaanites. Can- 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 Canaanites, thank you. I knew it. Uh, and so, anyways, she, this is a woman of great passion that, that, that reminded everyone that we, as the Israelites, uh, Israelis, the Israel people, we are not to be walked over. Like our homes and our, our children and our baby and the spoil of like this is ours and God wanted us to have it and we need to rise up, we need to rise up. And she rallied an army that stood for the Lord. And I think that it's funny because one of the reasons why I think that in our culture we're seeing women doing so many great things in business and in the church, it bothers me that in most prayer meetings there is only women. Which, by the way, we do prayer every Sunday morning at 9.15 in the back room. Uh, It bothers me that there are strong women of God in the church and there are not many strong men of God in the church. And I think one of the reasons why women have risen so much is because men have not answered their calling. And so, uh, aside from them, I just want to say kudos to you women that will fight for what you know that you want God to do and protect your home. Uh, I love that you know who to run to, that who is the covering for your house? Who is the covering for your children? And, uh, and so Deborah rallied on behalf of God's army when, when, when where, was, where, where were the men? Uh, I, one of the other ones is Rahab. Uh, I love, here's a crazy story in the scripture about a scenario where God was trying to give uh, his property back to his people in Jericho. And the city was fortified, and the spies are trying to get in. They're trying to find home. And I love that in Scripture, this is a, a sidebar. But the, the Scripture says that Rahab was a, was a prostitute. And I think about that in crazy ways, and I just want to remind you, God can use anyone. Anyone. There's some people here sitting here, and I, I hate that I hate that I hate that I hate that shame finds a way to live in most churches. But I hope you understand that God is trying to use you despite whatever you think is wrong with you. And so this woman, Rahab, became an instrument of of the Lord in that she invited the spies to come and stay with her and hide in her home in a way that they could discover how to overcome uh, the Jericho people. And uh, I think that's awesome. Another one here that's really rad is Queen Esther. And... uh, it's one of my son's and my daughter's favorite stories in the Bible and, and what Queen Esther had done and how she was brought into uh, the king's house and how she was beautiful and she made herself, she adorned herself, but she became favored in the sight of the king and that she saved all of her people from genocide. And the bravery that was in her is such like a mama bear. I mean, she sacrificed, she was willing to sacrifice her own life to protect her people from, from uh, uh, not Mordecai, but um, Haman. Haman, thank you, I was there. Uh, and so um, what had happened was there was another man in this 
place. Mind you, that this sermon um, it came together in the, in the early hours of this morning. And so uh, Esther wanted to find favor with the king. And there was this man named Haman that had hated the Israel people. Now, this is happening from generation and generation and generation and generation and generation. And I don't know why everyone hates Israel so much other than the fact that this is God's people. But Haman found himself in the same scenario, and he wanted to annihilate this entire demographic of people. And Esther went to the king, and she found a way to remind him that, hey, I'm... They are my people. Those are my family. And this man hates them, and he wants to murder all of my family. It backfired on Haman, and he, it ended up costing him his head. And I think that this is one of the most heroic things that has happened in the Scripture. And I think there's something in a woman, and I've seen it in the late hours in my wife, that there's a woman, when they hear their baby crying, sleep goes out the window. Like, they don't mind. They are willing to sacrifice everything for their family. And I think that there is something just so strong in a woman that, like for me, when my kids are crying, I got one message for them. Grow up. Go back to bed. You know, I can't. But my wife is strong. And, uh, and I think that there's something to be said about the strength of a woman. One of the other ones here is I wrote down was, was Mary, the mother of Jesus, who became pregnant out of wedlock Right? I mean, she's a child. What we know of her is that we, we believe she was in her early teen years. And here's a scary scenario in scriptural times. This is a terrifying thing. If you're, if you, if you're, if you're pregnant out of wedlock, you're, you're going to be pushed out of the family. And if Joseph would say, like, hey, this is not my kid, her life would be basically ruined. Like, the rest of she had to grow up very, 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 very young. But what I love is not so much the bravery of her being able to say yes to the Lord, but that she raised a man. And she raised a man and taught him how to pray. And she raised a man and taught... This is the only sinless person that we're aware of on earth. Now, it took a woman to raise a man that upright. And I think that 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 deserves all kinds of praise. And I know many, many of you won't let your kids go to bed at night until you get your hands on them and you pray with them. And I, I, we make sure that happens every night in our home. I, I, I say a blessing every night over my kids. In fact, the other night, uh, Micah reminded my mom, uh, mom that I, I do it more than her. And so I was like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, but we, we make sure every night that we, we're raising up God's, his next generation. Amen? Amen. Uh, I have another one for you. And uh, just multiple women in the Bible that did great things. Lois and Eunice. Um, I, at least I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I, I don't know anyone with that name, and so I have to uh, hope that I'm, I'm saying this right. This is the mother of Timothy. You find this um, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to read it to you real quickly. I know you don't have it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. I think it's 2 Timothy, actually. I apologize. 2 Timothy 1, 5. And it says this. Remember, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith... That your first filled your that first filled your grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice. And I know the same faith that continues strong in you. I, I love that Paul is talking about something that was passed down, and passed down, 
and pass down and pass down. And there's something, it's that mother bear instinct that says, I'm going to protect my kids and I'm going to make sure that they don't depart from the Lord because the Lord is what's good for my kids. And there is something, man, there is, there is a fight still happening today in some moms that are praying and praying and praying for their grandbabies and praying for their babies. And they, they want to see them grow into who God is calling them to be. And I think that that is something that only God can put inside a woman. And I, I just, I'm so honored by it, man. I love it. And I, I see it here in scripture. I think I'm going to do one more and we're going to change, that we're going to spin this, uh, two more. Uh, Abigail, in scripture, I, had, I, I, I found this one this morning, and so I wasn't even really aware that much of her. Uh, same thing that Rich told me this morning. I asked someone else if they knew who she was, and Rich said, yeah, she was David's wife, right? And I said, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but how did she get to become David's wife was the really neat thing. There, she was married um, to this guy named Nabal. I called him Nabal. Uh, Na- <laughs> Nabal. And uh, Nabal had a, had a problem with King David and King David's army, and, and Nabal had said some things about King David prior to him being king when he was just a warrior. Now, mind you, in the scripture, people sang songs about David, about how Saul killed his thousands, but King David killed his tens of thousands, right? Like, I mean, David was a man's man. Like, he, he killed Brock Lesnar. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I don't know if you read that in scripture, but uh, he, kill, he, he killed King Goliath, like Goliath, man, he's a man of man. I, so this dude was talking smack about David, and David was coming looking for him. And this woman found David and said, whoa, I'm sorry. Let me bring you to my house, and let me honor you. And she fed him and all of his men, and she said, please protect my, my family. Um, and, and she essentially was a peacemaker of the greatest kind. She sowed honor where there was not honor, and it prevented a war. It prevented murder. It spared her family, and it spared her husband. And then what happened when, when, when Nabal, Nabal <laughs> came home was a dude found out about it, and God ended up striking him dead. He turned his heart to stone, and he died like seven days later. Uh, pretty crazy there, uh, but try that out if you hate your husband. Just be a peacemaker and <laughs> let God deal with him. Always let, your, let God deal with your husband. It's good. Last one here that I think is, is, uh, is one of my favorites. This is my favorite of all the women talked about in Scripture. Uh, it's Hannah. And uh, what I love about Hannah is Hannah, she had that fighting spirit. Now, you can find Hannah in 1 Samuel. In the first, like, three chapters, Hannah is mentioned the most. And Hannah had a problem that she was barren, and she had a dream inside of her that she wanted to have babies. And... Um, the Lord wasn't honoring it. In fact, her husband had another wife, um, Sapphira, I think. Is my, so I get that right? Ananiah and what is it? Anyways, there was another woman that he was married to, and she had babies. And she would see Hannah go to prayer and cry out to God for her desire to have babies. And she would make fun of her and mock her and mock her and mock her. And her husband didn't believe that she would become pregnant. In fact, the priest in the church saw her, thought she was mostly drunk often. They would tell her basically to go home and to stop believing. And, and uh, there's been people within our community that have been in this situation. I know some of you guys may have heard this story before, but Summer, I believe that you're a current Hannah. Um, in that um, 
there was many times uh, this woman, uh, I, would, I would just throwing a number out there, but I would be, uh, guess about eight years, you guys fought to have children. Nine, nine, I threw a number out there, nine years, fought to have kids. Uh, you probably didn't ask me to say this today, but constant miscarriages. Um, and many of people that were friends with them encouraged them to stop believing for what God had put in their heart. But God, she wanted something despite what everyone else wanted. And I remember the time we, we called the church fast and you guys fasted with us. And out of that fast, you guys believed that you got pregnant. And this is the same thing that happened to Hannah is that she cried out to God, I want this and I'm not letting go and I'm not letting go. And it's something that's in a woman that would say, I, I, I know that I have kids. They're just not here yet and I'm gonna fight for them and I'm gonna protect them and I'm gonna fight for them and I'm gonna protect them. And a, a lot of, most people would lose heart, but a woman won't lose heart for their babies. It's just something that's, uh, there's a scripture in Isaiah that I think about and it says how, how um, like a mother loves her babies so I've inscribed you on the palm of my hands, says the Lord. And uh, he's talking about the nail that he put in his hand for us. And it's the only thing that can relate to the passion and the love that's in the palm of Jesus' hand is that which is of a mother. And so I, I want to just stop for a second and talk about um, the love of, of a woman and the fight that's in a woman. There's some things that God has put inside you for your husbands. There are some of you that God has put inside of you for your career. There are some of you that God has put something inside of you for your children and, and for your own family to be saved, your parents to be saved. And, your, and I don't lose that. God put that in you, and you fight for that. Because I can't fight for that like you can fight for that. That's your fight. It's your dream. And I believe with all of my heart, because of what I've seen, even here in our own community, the Lord will cause it to come to pass. So I'm going to spin this here for a second, and I'm going to talk about a few people here. Um, there are some that aren't here today that I wanted to talk about, but um, I'll try to save that and not talk about them behind their back. Um, Tracy, would you stand up? Would you come on down here real quick? Come on. I, I don't care. Get over here. Last week we did testimonies, and um, I wasn't going to do testimonies, and so instead of me asking you guys to give your testimonies, I'm just going to talk about you and your fight. <laughs> and so, um, um, so this is Tracy, and some of you don't know her, but um, Tracy is a stand-in grandma in my house, and she is a stand-in mom for my mom who's in Pennsylvania, and... Um, she has been there for us in the hardest times of our marriage, um, in the hardest times of our, with our children, uh, when our kids have been sick in the middle of the night. She has shown up there, and uh, I, I can't honor you enough for that regard, but I want to honor you today for a different reason. Uh, Brady, would you? Um, we, we wanted to give you some flowers, Trace, and uh, there's something that's different. She's in a different season of her life, and it reminds me of that of Ruth. Some of you guys don't know Ruth. Ruth is a kind of a special book in the Bible. You know that Ruth is the only book in the entire Bible that doesn't mention God one time. And I think it's ironic because of the way that Ruth is set up. Because there's nothing spiritual about what Ruth did other than the fact that it's entirely spiritual. Tracy's in a modern day Ruth scenario right now where she's um, in a season that most people would just have given up on. But I've been watching her do it for 
since I've known her. She's taking care of both of her moms that are dying. And um, both of them are now in the nursing home. And you spend at least, I would say, half of your week taking care of your handicapped brother and both of your moms. And I know that it has been a difficult time, but most people would have abandoned them. But you haven't. And it's because there is something inside of you that loves and gives without needing anything in return. And um, we just, I want you to know that that's a lesson to me. And I, I hope some people here also recognize that that is love and that is service. And we honor you today. Melissa Axe, would you stand up and come down front real quick? Melissa Axe. So some of you guys um, don't know Melissa's story, but Melissa's a unique member of our church also. She's been with us for quite some time, and I would say it, um, um, there's some flowers for you. We're not going to let you talk, but I'm going to share part of your story because I'm part of it. Um, what's really funny is um, her... She's married now to a man named JB sitting on the back row. And JB was, in my opinion, running from God for years. And JB came to our church one time, I don't know, maybe about six years ago, five years ago. And I remember he came to our church because he thought that he wanted to attend a church for the first time in years that he wouldn't know anyone. And he walked in and knew about everyone in the room. And uh, he hated it, but he had a good experience. And the next week, he brought a friend with him, and his name was Kyle. And Kyle came, and uh, I remember Kyle, we were, the room was turned around at that time. And uh, the stage was over there, and Kyle was sitting right here, JB, wasn't he? And I remember Kyle came in with his tattoos and looking all whatever, and Kyle, um, he cried the whole service. He obviously wasn't listening to the preacher. God was doing something in him. Three days later, he brought um, a few of his kids out to paint the church, and it was talking to me about what God was doing in his marriage. Just in, the, just in those three, four days. Two days later, Kyle died. That was on Christmas Eve, and um, they had four kids at the time, and Noah was uh, maybe one, two. And uh, I remember feeling completely hopeless when I got the call on Christmas Eve because I just didn't understand. I, I couldn't. There's nothing in me that could understand that concept. But Melissa, you fought, and you fought hard for years, and, um, and I believe that what God has done in your family, uniting you with JB and seeing the, the move of God that's happened in his life and in your life and in your kids' lives, I don't know what happened, but I know what's happening, and I rejoice. And anyways, there is something in you that remained steadfast and fought on and prayed and looked to God and looked to God. And I remember watching reading your Facebook post. And I, anyway, I'm just saying, I am honored by the way you love God. And I'm mo so excited about what you're going to do in this kid's ministry in the coming days. And so anyways, can you guys just honor Melissa there? Thank you. Um, Rachel, would you stand? Um, I actually um, didn't know if I was going to do this today, but um, I wasn't planning on doing this service at all. My wife was planning on doing this, and she actually had some names written down that she wanted to honor, none of which are here today. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but Howard texted me earlier this week, and he said, hey, we need to honor Rachel. She doesn't get it enough. And so let me tell you some things about Rachel. 
The definition of someone who's loyal, there's not many like Rachel. And if you know her, you'll know that that is just true. She is loyal and she is a hard worker and she has been for as long as I've known you. In fact, I remember years ago when we were emptying box trucks and she would outwork all of the guys on the team. <laughs> and um, it was raised in you from a young age as you were taking care of your sisters and uh, God put inside of her the desire to have babies. And um, for years they tried and for years they couldn't and for years she watched many of us have babies and have babies again and have babies again and again. And every time someone else had a baby, it was so hard for her to rejoice with someone because she was, she was wanting. And uh, I'm just so proud of your fight. And even through the fight, instantly when you got pregnant and we found out you were having twins, I knew that we were supposed to look for another worship leader. Um, and that sounds so selfish, but you are so important to this community. Like, you are so important. What you do is, I, it's, it's neat because you're, you wouldn't fit in in any other church. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, how many worship leaders don't wear shoes? You know what I mean? Like, it's just. <coughs> but she's like, nope, just give me a couple weeks with, with, with my kids and I'll be right back. And you have been, and you've worked, and you've, wor and you've done all of this while working a full-time job for eight years. And um, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so glad. Um, and we're believing for more change coming your way soon. That's not babies, but um, if, you know. I want to make sure that you all know this. I could do this all day where I keep passing out flowers, but it's... Every woman really is, I want you to know that if, if you aren't cherished and you're not honored, I'm sorry, but there's someone in your life that, that doesn't understand the character of God. But the, the kingdom of God is about honor. And so today, we, I do want to honor everyone, but there are just some people that we just want to point out and recognize the fight in them. Because some of us, when we look at these biblical people, we're like, yeah, but I, did, I didn't raise up an army. No, but... You lost sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning to go raise up a man of, and a warrior of God. You thought of someone greater than yourself, and that is character. That's honor. That's, that's noble. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. I have I've two more that I'm going to try to do here. One more. Uh, Miss Sheehan, would you come? Um, most of you guys don't know Miss Sheehan, and so I got a chance to go over to their house this week. I'm sorry? Miss yeah. Sheehan. A.K.A. Cheryl. Um, I got a chance to go to their house and hear Bill's story and, and your story. and, and uh, It was awesome uh, what I heard this week. I, I, was, I had the easiest conversation I've had in years with anyone. You guys are, are a powerful story. And so this is a mother of five, which is, first of all, we honor you for that. Right? <laughs> When I had one, I felt like I was on the ropes. Um, here's a mother of five, and um, man, I don't even know how to tell this story, but it's so, it's so rad. One of her kids um, lost their way, and I asked her for permission to say this this morning. Lost their way and, and became a heavy drug user, and um, ended up having child. And uh, the mom of the child, the baby wasn't expected to do very well. The baby had multiple problems with her brain. And um, 
the mother decided to, to give birth to the baby, but that they didn't want it and was going to set the baby up for adoption. Is that right? No. No. But it's okay. It's, it's cool. She was removed. The child was removed from their care because she was born methamphetamine dependent. And she was put into foster care. Grandma fought for the baby, got the baby, and she's sitting here right now. And she's, she's 19 years old. Corey, you're an absolute miracle in every way. Brady, would you come? Um, and what I think is so neat is when I met her, the granddaughter, Corey, she said um, they introduced us as her daughter. And I didn't understand it. And uh, when I was like, wow, this is, that's a really old granddaughter. There I go, baby there. And, um, and then I learned, um, no, this is mom and dad and has been for all of their life. And so she calls grandma, grandpa, mom and dad, and that's their relationship. And it's so beautiful and it's so unique. And uh, I heard about some of the things that she was telling me about some of the things that she was diagnosed with as a child, the, some of the problems that she had in education. And now she's actually turned some of those things into the fact that she's probably the brightest person in the room, that she could read the biggest books in the shortest amount of time and retain the most knowledge out of it. She's an absolute genius, kind of in like a house way, uh, if you ever watch the show. But I, I don't know love like that that would say, you're, you're mine. You're, you're actually my daughter, and you have fought. And you, the love that I found in your home was so... I didn't want to go home that night. Your story is awesome and powerful, and we honor you today. Welcome to the way. There's a few others that aren't here, just real quick, that I want to throw out there. Um, there's a mother in our church. Um, her name is Shannon, and um, she's recently um, come back to um, our church. She hadn't been here prior, but we've been friends there for some time, and she has four kids, and um, she's a single mom, and I, I just, um, I know that my mom did it with three, but I have a hard time doing it, and I'm married, and I had a hard time doing it with one, and I had a partner. I can't imagine how difficult it would be to do it alone with four. I mean, it's just too many hats to wear, and so I, I what I, I think is weird is that in scripture, Jesus talks about how true religion is loving widows, orphans, and, and like looking after these folks. But what I don't think is that in their culture, they didn't have many single moms because it wasn't like, wasn't cultural, you know? And it, we have such an abandonment in our culture where men have become cowards and they've brushed off what isn't convenient for them. And so anyways, if you know Shannon, text her and honor her and encourage her when you see her because she is fighting a fight that I have no earthly idea how difficult it would be. Uh, there's another uh, that is not here today, and I just want to maybe close the service with this. This is kind of weird, I know, but there's a young lady that goes to our church. Chris, would you come? I did not ask for permission for this, but I just know that um, you're a family. Some of you guys are new to the way, and um, I just welcome to a, a, a family, but like, when you got a fight in your life, we got one too. And Chris, you, you've been in a fight. And uh, when we talk about the story that Summer had and Rachel had about how hard it is to want to have a baby and they've been in it and wanting it for over eight years, 
fighting and believing and watching others have their miracle. And so uh, anyways, I'm just, they're currently believing that God would give them a child. And I just, I felt like today, I'm going to prophesy something. I don't normally say this, but I'm going to go out on a limb. And I believe that this is the last Mother's Day that you will not have a child. Says the Lord. So, Summer and Rachel, would you come? Miss Sheehan, would you come? Melissa, would you come? Alicia? Tracy? Patty? I know that these women know how to pray, and I also know that they're all fertile mamas. So. And I know there's a lot of others here. But today, for those of you that are in wanting, I want you to know that um, it's, it's not necessarily just what's in. There's a fight in all women. And I recognize that, and I'm honored by it. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this man, and I thank you for what you've done in Chris's life because I saw him as a boy and I see him as a man. I thank you for Jessica. I thank you for what you're doing in her heart. And I thank you how she has become a radical woman of God who is very much like Hannah. I prophesy over them today in the name of Jesus. This is not a hope. This is a faith. And I believe, Father, that you are working a miracle in her body right now. And we are asking for child right now in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. We are standing together and we are believing. that There is no greater name in all of heaven and in earth through which we are saved. And we declare in Jesus' name, life in her womb. In Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. Um, so let me close by saying this. This is a good day. I, I grew up in a broken home, so I know that there are some days like this that can be confusing to some. But I want you to know, I grew up with a disdain towards my father because of his abandonment and his drug addiction and his abuse. So when words like father came up, it would, it would grieve me. But Mother's Day, although this may be a hard holiday because maybe your mom didn't meet your expectations or maybe um, she abandoned you, I want you to know that I believe that Mother's Day is unlike any other day because your mom, regardless of your view of her, regardless of the things that she said, regardless of the things that, that, that happened, she did for you what many in our generation right now are not doing. She gave you life. You're here because she didn't say, I don't want this kid. She gave you a chance. That may have changed later, but you're here because your mother carried you and, and went through the discomfort and the pain and her body changed on her and she sacrificed to give you oxygen. And so, if nothing else, I hope that you can find it in you, the ability to honor because of life. You have life because she sacrificed. 
Let's, let's pray. Father, today I am thankful that I'm alive. I am thankful for my mom, and I'm thankful for the decisions that she made that put me first, even for a moment. And like that scripture in Isaiah that talked about how like a mother will not forget their child, so I will not forget you because I've carved your name on the palm of my hand. Father, I thank you for the love of a mother and I thank you for the love of God. And I thank you that you are pursuing me and every person in this room in a crazy way. Lord, we love you. And it is our desire to know you more. And I pray that you would teach us of what real love looks like. Sacrificial love that puts others before us. I'm thankful that I'm healthy today. I'm thankful that I have loved ones in my life. And I'm thankful for a church where we can worship and be safe. We give you all the praise and all the glory for everything you're doing here today. Would you tell someone today that you love them? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Next week is the food pantry, and uh, Memorial Day is the birthday. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs>